Hello and welcome to Cross Street Coaching. I'm your host, Jason, from Hawthorne Union. This show is designed to be bite-sized information on personal growth, career, and leadership development, and professional coaching. All right, and we're back with another episode of Cross Street Coaching. This is a show where we find out the people who develop other people. How did they develop themselves? And today with me, I have another special guest, a friend of mine, Chris. Hello, Jason. Hey, Chris. And how do you like to be introduced? Chris Birch. Just Chris Birch. Just Chris Birch. Okay. The only people that can call me by my legal name are my mother and my wife, because I know if they do, I'm in trouble. And, so. and I am neither one of those. So That's right. <laughs> I will call you by first and last. <laughs> last time I checked, yes. And Chris, why don't you tell me a little bit about why you agreed to talk with me today? Well, I have some things going on in my life that I'd like to share. Mm -hmm. And I've been in business and managing businesses for several years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that this platform is something I want to explore because I want to share who I am with the world and instead of just keeping it to myself. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So out of our short time today, what would you like to get out of our conversation? Maybe just gain some insight on some things I might be able to do differently in my business to help it grow, to gain momentum, to gain notoriety. Yeah. Because I definitely want to leave an impact on the world mm -hmm. and I can't do that alone. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we're just going to dive right in with our coaching session. And so tell me a little bit about what that impact looks like. Definitely. So I'll just jump to the pottery and we can talk about other things if you'd like, but jump away, jump away. Yeah. Well, as you know, mm -hmm. pottery was discovered by accident. You know, you and I were in a watercolor class back in 2013. Good. I was glad because I was going to say you're going to have to explain that for everyone playing at home. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we were exploring what Pikes Peak Community College had to offer art class wise and took that first watercolor class, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Second semester, we weren't able to take that class because our instructor had to have a surgery done. So he wasn't able to, to teach that class. So we were looking in the register and had found ceramics. And I remember so excitedly telling you, hey, they have ceramics. And you're like, well, what's ceramics? <laughs> and I said, well, I think it's making dolls. <laughs> that's, that's what I knew ceramics to be. That's what my mother did when I was growing up. So I thought to myself, mm, I, I don't want to make ceramic dolls, but hey, I'll give it a try. And I remember day one, we walked in and I saw the pottery wheels and mm -hmm. I said to you, this is not the right class, Jason. <laughs> and then Jeremiah came out and said, welcome to ceramics one. And I said, oh, this is the right class. Yeah. And then it began, man, just sitting down at the wheel after the demo and feeling the clay in my hands and just, it, it was very transformational for me. Yeah. Yeah. And what does that mean? Transformational. It changed my trajectory for sure. So I was meandering around, had interest in going to nursing school and just, you know, wanted to kind of get a baseline for what, what I could study, what, what direction I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So in taking those art classes, I felt like that could be a, definitely a way for me to get, and I hate to use this term, but centered. Mm -hmm. and, and so in exploring clay, it really did that for me. So it, I didn't end up going to nursing school. Mm-hmm. I instead started a small pottery business and fledgling as it might be, but essentially fell in love with the, the act of creating something from really nothing but earth from a lump of clay into 
you know, decorative and functional pottery. Yeah. Those were some awesome times. They were, man. So when you say centered, can you tell me a little bit more about what it looks like when Chris is centered? Yes. So I have to jump to something that happened in my life tragically. Mm -hmm. 1997, August 7th of 97 was the day that my sister died in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And I remember... I was in college in Tennessee at the time, and I was actually at mascot camp, cheerleading camp. I was a mascot in college. I'm not even sure if you know that. I did not. <laughs> so I got the news. Basically, my instructor coach came to, to me and said, you need to contact your family. There's been an accident. So in contacting my mother, finding out that, that she had died in a car accident and my world came apart, you know, way back then. And I left college, went back to Florida helped my parents run a business and really just had no bearing whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And during that time in Florida, met the love of my life, Tara, and we began a family still living in Florida, but really not wanting to be there, but not knowing where I wanted to be. So managing businesses and again, just continuing to meander. But in 2009, moving to Colorado and I've always wanted to be in the mountains and honestly, Florida, the humidity, I don't like to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so moving here and fast forwarding, you know, where we met and in our call center job, mm -hmm. but finding pottery has been the, the most impactful thing because I finally feel a sense of purpose. And when I make these things, I know I can leave a legacy on this planet, not only for my family, but whoever ends up with my work. Mm -hmm. And maybe one day in archaeological digs, they'll find something that I made thousands of years from now. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot going on. There is. And there's a lot of different directions. We talked about your history of pottery, some stuff that's happened. Where do you want to go from here? You know, one of my goals for 2020, actually mm -hmm. my main goal okay. is is to be part-time at my regular job in mm -hmm. retail and switch to a full-time pottery schedule so that I can really spend time doing the thing that is my main passion in my life mm -hmm. and demonstrating to my children that you can be an artist and be successful because all of our children are artistic. And so I really want to show them, you know, that you, you can make, make it a goal and make it a success to do your artwork and, and make a living at it. Can you, you can. And you don't believe you have that today. Success as defined by monetary sustenance. No. So I couldn't, okay. I couldn't go part-time at my retail job now and do pottery 40 hours a week and, and make ends meet. Not as we speak. Gotcha. <laughs> so success for you is being able to sustain off of the pottery. Absolutely. That's the end goal is, is doing nothing but the ceramics full time to, to be able to take care of the family. Yeah. So paint a picture. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let me throw a mug for you real yeah. quick. <laughs> well, I know out of trial and error, uh, after my father died back in seven, 2017, I attempted to do ceramics full time. Mm-hmm. 
and not really knowing much about the art business. It didn't go too well. And both my wife and I had to end up getting regular work. Mm-hmm. But I can look back now at that time and know, see the, some of the mistakes I made and take the time it's going to really take. Because as I know now, it can take years to gain exposure and notoriety and to get to the place where you have orders coming in on a consistent basis that you can fill, learning how to manage your time when making those orders, you know, definitely not over promising and under delivering, which Mm -hmm. was definitely what happened. So now that I have this retail job, I can focus on doing, taking those steps one, you know, a through Z and doing the things the right way so that I can make sure I'm building this foundation. That'll be solid. And is there a right way to do them? Absolutely. Sometimes it's failing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But as long as you're failing upward. <laughs> failing, huh? Absolutely. So tell me more about that. How can failure be right? Well, because it gives you perspective. It helps you grow. And, you know, I can tell you from personal experience that growth hurts, but it's those necessary pains that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was easy, I don't know that I would be going after it. Wow. Because for me, I like that challenge. I mean, that's not to say I don't want some things to be easy, right? You don't want to fight your whole life, mm-hmm. but those gains that you make because of that getting knocked down and getting back up and feeling it, that it's a repeated process, but continuing to get up is, is the real key. So failure is a key principle in your growth. Absolutely. What does growth look like now that you have a trajectory for not failing? Well, again, it's, it's analyzing the steps I'm taking and, you know, it's as easy as if a customer has an order for four mugs, it is the process of collecting that 50% deposit, starting on the order, sending them progress pictures. So they feel involved for me, the, the client, the customer in my case, whether it be a restaurant owner or someone that I meet at a craft show their involvement in the process is a a key principle Mm -hmm. for me. I don't just want to take their order, take their money, make the order, ship the order. I kind of want them to be involved in the process from the lump of clay to their finished pieces. Okay. So when you're imagining the client involved, were you not doing that before? Not really. Okay. So you have the client involved, you have this idea where you want to sh- kind of inverse your current schedule rather than being full-time retail, part-time pottery. You want to do that. So how would you articulate that goal? Is it a date? Definitely right now it's a date. Okay. It's the end of the year 2020. So what's it going to take to actually make that goal a reality? Well, as I shared with my wife, when she she's really good at helping me enunciate the vision. Mm-hmm. So I can easily say, hey, here's the goal but not tell her the steps that I want to, to go through to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. So she's really good at saying, okay, I need more. Yeah. So I say, well, I would have to have half of my salary in savings in order to make the leap. Okay. So that we can, if we have any things that happen unexpectedly, as we're trying to go forward with our plan, we have this, the finances to take care of what we need so that I can explore this, this opportunity. So that's the, a big, the biggest piece of this is that 
in my life so many times I did not make good financial decisions Mm -hmm. for my family. And so I am really big on not repeating mistakes, owning the the mistakes I make and, and my stuff, but not repeating those. Yeah. So I made a commitment to her that, you know, we're in the past. I may have left the job because I was emotionally distraught or, you know, something, someone said something to me in a meeting that I didn't like, you know, there were, there were just not really legitimate reasons Mm -hmm. (laughs) to put your family at risk financially. Okay. And I can tell you the growth that I've had since, since being in Colorado, you know, since discovering ceramics and starting a little business and, and going through the exercise of life has really shown me that the number one thing I'm going to be sure of is our finances will be taken care of if I take a risk like that. And how do you know that this number is going to give you that financial security? Because I know we can, we could survive, you know, on it if we needed to. Mm -hmm. And I'm very good at taking a multifaceted approach to things. Okay. So in our other businesses, I mean, Tara and I owned a pressure cleaning business and this is something that she definitely wasn't ready for. We, we left a job that we worked for my family mm-hmm. and I just came home and announced that we were going to start a pressure cleaning business and took, it was out of left field, which I'm good at, you know, doing just coming home and announcing things that things were going to do. And so we did this pressure cleaning business, but it didn't stay pressure cleaning. It became window cleaning, pool service, vacancy cleanings for real estate agencies. So, I take that same approach to, to my pottery, whereas I don't just make mugs. You know, I can make a dishware set. I can make pictures. I, I can put business logos on people's pottery. I have a friend who does engraving. Yeah. So we can take something, some design that someone has and she can engrave it into the ceramics, which is a completely different look. So I feel that we can survive once we make that step, once we have that money in savings and are moving forward. Now, keeping in mind there would have to be orders, you know, I, I would have had to have made contact with several businesses and they say, Hey, we need these things made. It's not just, okay, now I have this money. So here we go. Oh, so there's more than just the, the there, number. There's definitely more. Okay. So there's a multifaceted approach, which you said, basically, rather than just doing just pottery, you have the ability to orientate to businesses and, and collaborate with other people. Definitely. What other things are necessary in order for you to make the leap? Social media presence is another huge part of this picture. Okay. People being aware of you, you know, no one's going to know what you're doing if you're in a vacuum. Yeah. So for me, the big piece to understand and to get collaboration with other people on, because, you know, I think Bill Gates says it best. You can't do this thing by yourself. You have to have people And a lot of times those people are smarter than me in the room and on your team who understand the goal and who are willing to help you. And I can tell you that in my life, there are a multitude of people who have stepped up to say, we want to help you. And it has blown my mind. So yeah, the social media thing is a big one for me. So social media, and it sounds like that comes in part with the the friends of the family, people that are helping you out. Absolutely. What else is a necessary component? I think... Taking risks. So applying to shows, you know, uh, applying to craft shows or juried shows, you know, there, there are these emerging artists shows that happen every year and people will, friends of mine will send me, Hey, you should apply to this. And I always say, well, I don't, 
I don't feel like I should do that. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm good enough, you know? So <clears throat> there's not enough depth yet in this conversation, but I struggle with a self-worth issue. I always have. And so for me, the ceramics where what I've noticed in the art world is people want to know who made the stuff. Mm-hmm. They want to know about the person who made the stuff. They want to talk to that person, get to know them so they can understand, you know, what, what comes out of you into your work. The hard part for me is that's tough. I I don't feel comfortable talking about myself. I'm, I'm very humble. So that's going to be another big piece of this is getting my feet under me, getting confident. Mm -hmm. So literally out of the blue, I got invited to a show in April and it's focusing on the, the, the form of a woman. And so there will be some stuff coming out, you know, more information about that. But I was challenged by the gallery, the person who runs the gallery to do a sculpture. Okay. And I don't do sculpture work, sculpture work. So I said, challenge accepted, (laughs) (laughs) which is what I normally do. And so now it is about breaking down that process in my head about how, how am I going to accomplish this goal? So to me, that's a, that's an integral part of is, is, is taking risk. And if the piece is successful, you know, people will ask, you know, questions. And of course she wants me to be at the gallery opening. So I'll have to be there and talk to people. And so that's a, that's another big piece. There's a lot of big pieces of this, Jason, really. Yeah. That I'm discovering right now. <laughs> <laughs> so one big piece when you're handling the art side, challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Chris, you said, I want to talk to people, but you're not comfortable with that because yeah. you like being humble. Right. Can well, you? I don't like being humble. It's just a an innate part of me that's always been there. Yeah. Well, then how would you like to be? Oh, I don't know. I, I just think confidence is key here and, and saying yes to okay. things. So let's say that a customer is a restaurant owner and they say, you know, I need a hundred plates. Mm-hmm. So throughout my ceramics career so far, I've, I've made a hundred plates, but if they needed them in let's say three months, mm-hmm. you know, can that, can that be achieved? So I don't know. I used to say yes to everyone and then maybe not completed the order or fallen short. So another part of this is being realistic. Okay. Yeah. What does being realistic look like for Chris? Well, I think it is where the art comes in is, can I do this in the time frame allotted to me in the off time, you know, my time away from the retail job, that's when I can do my work. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's after work until the wee hours of the morning and then knowing I've got to get up early the next day. And I can tell you, I'm not 20 anymore, so (laughs) I can't do that a lot. And it's. It's necessary that I'm available. You know, my faculties are, are all present and accounted for when I'm at my regular job. So, sure. yeah. So it, being realistic about, can I, can I deliver on the promise? And, you know, again, in, in times and in instances where customers ordered something and I fell it fell through, that's not going to build your brand the way one would want to, if they're trying to make an art business succeed. Yeah, that's a really tough. It was, yeah. So it sounds like you, you have a few goals 
and the the things you need to do in order to feel comfortable about the progress you're making. And you're starting to now talk about some obstacles you're facing, which is the, you know, the, the short timeframes and working with limited capacity. Right. What other obstacles do you think would get in the way of you achieving this goal at the end of the year? Not having that money and savings is, you know, is one. Mm-hmm. So I'm ultra focused on, on meeting that, you know, for me, if you have the op- opportunity to get up in the morning, to wake, to open your eyes, it's yeah. a gift. And since, since Jenny passed away, I've tried to make it my goal to be impactful in whoever, whoever cross, crosses my path to be impactful in the life of my family. And so, you know, I guess I feel like something may seem like an obstacle, but I cannot let it control what I'm doing. Okay. So what are those things that you're not going to let control what you're doing that you are checking as obstacles? Yeah. I I won't let the year go by before giving that a good look, you know, is it, is it feasible? Because again, the the financial security of the family is of the utmost importance. Okay. So I, I know this too. You can have a goal. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to be adaptable and flexible. However, if something changes and you can't meet that goal, the old Chris would just throw my hands up and okay, it's not meant to be. Okay. But too many things have happened, Jason, that have pointed me in that direction of, of ceramics as your path. No. And, and for the, the listener, it, it would be hard for them to see, but that mug that has the wolf on the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. I can put it in the show notes. Okay. So I can, if you want me to tell a little bit about it, I will. Yeah. Okay. So my sister Jenny collected Southwestern art and a lot of that artwork had those ghost images of wolves in the background. Mm-hmm. And I never gave it much thought, you know, it was, it's cool. You know, it's, it's very beautiful. And it it was in 2014, I was in the studio and I make a lot of pieces out of mixed clay called agate wear or marbled clay. So it, in in essence, to make the piece, you have to wedge different colors of clay together or mix the clay together. So in trimming that, this particular mug on the wheel, trimming the foot ring, I was removing layers of clay and that, that mug came to a stop on the wheel and I looked at it and there was some kind of shape or form on the bottom and I turned it to me and looked at it straight down and literally it is an anatomically correct head of a wolf mm-hmm. with a snout, with a mouth, with ears, with eyes. And this is not something that can be contrived. And, and if anyone is listening to this, who has worked with clay and they've seen these mixed clay pieces, you know, if you have, if anyone's encountered a shape, you know that that's not something you could control. So I took that as a sign that this was my sister speaking from beyond the grave to say, this is your path. And I really didn't know what to think of it at the time. And I remember walking upstairs and showing it to Tara and then you and Brenda came by Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter. And I, I I remember running up the stairs and showing you guys and we were all blown away together. And what I can tell you is that kind of thing has happened several times. in in the clay. And and so I've kind of kept that going. Like these are signs. This is who knows how to explain it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but 
I think you could, if it happened once, you could call that chance. But the fact that it kept happening to me and these things that I'm seeing in the clay, like there's a bald eagle on the, on the bottom of a mug and it looks just like an eagle. Uh, you know, we have a, we've had a second wolf. Our daughter has had, she had a rat named sugar that died. And a couple of days later I was trimming a bowl and there's an image of a rat at the bottom of the bowl. So I can't explain why these things are happening, but I took each one to say, all right, this is the path, you know? And, and that's one of the reasons that I jumped to try pottery full time. Um, but all the eggs in one basket isn't necessarily the best approach, you know, to taking care of your wife and children as an artist. I, I can't say I know what it's like to be a starving artist. I've never starved, but I know what it's like to be a struggling one for sure. So what's coming up next? You have these signs that are pointing you along your path saying that these are images that are being manifested to you that you can't control. What are some things that now that you have these signs that you do control? Sure. I I control doubt. Those, those feelings. Like when I first wake up and every day I go through a little check of gratitude, Mm -hmm. I'm happy for blank, blank, blank. I'm thankful for once that's done. It is, it begins. Okay. What are you doing today? And of course, you know, if it's, a day in, in the retail store, then I know immediately, but then the question becomes, what are you doing after? And I can tell you many nights I'm very mentally taxed, but I I did make an agreement with myself that every day in 2020, no matter what, even if it's for five minutes, I'm doing something toward the pottery business. Okay. So I can say I've never had that kind of focus on, on this. It's easy to have a job and know what you have to do and be focused on that, show up on time, do your, do what you, you know, your duties are and then go home. That's real easy to do. But the idle time that you might have where it takes discipline to say, you know what? I'm tired. I could go to bed right now. It's 1030 at night. Everyone else is in bed, but no, you did make that agreement with yourself that you do something towards your business every day. So that's one of the things I'm doing to control those things. And, and again, that doubt, when that doubt seeps in is, you know what? I'm going to take it as, hey, I have that feeling, but I'm not going to let that feeling control my actions. I can still go out and make a mug or I can still go work on that order, even though I'm saying, is this really going to work in the long run? Instead of, it's not going to work, so I'm not going to try. Wow. So you still feel doubt, but you're pushing through anyways. Absolutely. And most people would ask, how do you do that? Yeah, it becomes muscle memory. I can say this, Jason, the, the, the work on the wheel is the most therapeutic thing that I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's my happy place. You know, that's, that's where ideas come. That's where I'm in my zone. Literally, I can lose track of multiple hours. Wow. And when I look up, And I realize, oh my gosh, it's two in the morning and I have to get up at seven. (laughs) I've really done that. Like I remember Tara came down the stairs one night, it was four 30 in the morning and she was wiping her eyes kind of. And she said, are you coming to bed? And I said, well, it's not time for bed yet. She said, what time do you think it is? I said, I don't know, like nine 30, 10. She said, it's four 30. And I said, yeah, I said, oh, I have to be at work at seven. So you know what? I'm just not going to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) So it was an all nighter for sure. So where are you at today? It's February, mm-hmm. right? 
probably put this episode out tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. And you're trying to get this at the end of the year. How are you doing so far? Well, I'm doing well. And I say that because there are multiple things that are happening that are continuing to point me to the fact that this is the path. Now, I'd like to share mentally where I'm at. So February is a difficult month. Yeah. So my sister and I, our birthdays were two years apart, but only by a day. So her birthday is actually tomorrow. And then my birthday is Wednesday, the 19th. And I can tell you in years past, as the, this date approached, it became all stop. There was no productivity coming out of my brain and my body. And it was a, let me lay my head in the sand and lay low and I don't want to be bothered but Tara recently said, Chris, th- this seems to be a different year for you. you. You're not acting like you normally do when it comes to this time. And I said, well, that's not to say I don't feel it. But again, I've made those agreements. And if we, if we think back to what I said a little bit earlier, if I make a mistake, I don't plan to repeat that mistake. And so I will admit that I'm a perfectionist. And that is, I feel like in that regard as a strength. It's not always a strength, right? But in that regard of, you know what? I remember that mistake. I own that mistake. I'm not repeating that mistake. So yeah, this year is different. And and even though I'm, I'm feeling the, the challenge of that, that time, you know, and then you should know too, February 13th was the three year anniversary of my father's passing. So there's a lot of anxiety and angst built up into a really short period of time. But this year I have not let that get in my way. And that's where I talk about that discipline, that muscle memory, you know, the more I've continued to let that momentum pull me, then certain things have transpired. So one being, I have, I have a friend who is involved in some outreach. He he has some nonprofits that he owns and we actually met on the incline one morning early, like five 30. Cool. He was dressed in like Arctic attire and had a like an 80 pound backpack on. And I remember saying, do you think you should take that jacket off? Because it's hot. He's like, well, I'm training. And I said, what are you training for? Oh, I'm going to be climbing Denali pretty soon. And I remember my ears just perking up like, what? You're going to climb out. You're going to climb Denali. And so he gave me his card. He shared a little bit about what he does. And then he said, let's get in touch. So shortly thereafter we had lunch and we started talking about his his company, his vision, and I introduced him to my ceramics and, you know, told him my story a little bit. And so we're involved in some things together and, uh, I'll be making some mugs for his coffee company. He's actually climbing Mount Everest between March and, and June. And I asked him if he would bring a piece of my pottery to at least a base camp, because as we know, when you're climbing Mount Everest, every ounce matters. So there's, yeah. there's a very small likelihood that my pottery will be on the summit but base camp, and it's always been a dream of mine to, to climb Mount Everest, but to know that my pottery is going to be there, what an honor. And that's still what, like eighteen, like 4,000 feet above Pikes Peak? Like 18,000 yeah, it's, feet? Yeah, it's around 20,000 feet. It's around 20, oh, yeah. my mistake. No, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so the pottery is going to be there. Um, another thing that's going on is I have the opportunity to attend a clay conference called Ensika okay. this year, and I wasn't financially able to, but someone that's in my life has actually paid for me to attend. And, and I'm still blown away by that, that opportunity. And, you know, for me 
again, building that brand, building your presence. So, so there are some of these people that know who I am on social media, mm-hmm. but to actually put a face to a name for, for me and for them is, is going to do, I feel like a lot of good things this year. And then again, there are some shows coming up. I'm, I'm looking to apply to territory days this year, which I've always wanted to do. And again, I've been all, always said, Oh, I don't know. think I can do that. Yeah. This year I said to Tara, we're, I would like to apply to territory days. There's an interesting thread because there's, you know, you said this year is different, but do you really think that it's the next opportunity that's making it different? No. What do you think is making it different for Chris? Mindset. Like belief, you know, stopping those ridiculous conversations I used to have internally and saying, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. You know, though nothing fruitful happened when I had that mentality. Mm-hmm. So how about trying something new, see what it can do, you know, do an experiment. And I've had nothing but positive since, since really changing my mindset. That's incredible. Thank you. So there's a lot that I'd love to keep diving in, but we're going to have to come to our session for a close for today. Okay. So if you think just to our short conversation we've had, what are you taking away? I'm taking away that the, the mindset is, is key. Mm -hmm. The changing of behaviors is key Yeah. and continuing that momentum and really just hearing myself talking about it, you know, because again, you can, you can think things and have goals, but until you put those things to action, you won't know. And, and really that's what this year has been about is, and I've had multiple people tell me, you know, and even someone has recently said it's their goal to make me a well-known potter. And th- where's that coming from? You know, she, she, she mentioned to me, she recognizes a talent. Well, okay. I mean, I, I guess I don't necessarily recognize that in myself yet. You know, just like it took me a while to say my work is fine art when people were telling me that. And I said, Oh no, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I don't in my inside. It was like, no, I don't really believe that it is fine art. Why? What, what if it were true? What if you were to accept that? Yeah, I know that was very difficult for me again, going back to the self-worth piece, which could be a podcast in and of itself, but but really, I guess then taking that and saying, thinking about it and, and being okay with accepting that kind of a compliment. So yeah, the, the momentum, the change in behavior and, and the belief are, are the things that I'm going to run with this year. Yeah. So maybe that'll be our next conversation. We can talk about self-worth. Absolutely. What do you think? I would love to. Thank you. All right. Um, so Chris, as you are going forward with your plan, how do people hear more about you? How do they check in on your progress? Because now you've got a whole audience. Oh gosh. Yeah. I don't know if there's eight or if there's 8,000, <laughs> but how many they are, they're going to be wanting to know. Sure. Instagram is the best place. So at pottery by Chris Birch and my last name is spelled B U R C H. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. We'll leave it there at that. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for tuning in. For more information on Hawthorne Union, you can go to www.hawthorneunion.com or reach us at info at hawthorneunion.com.